baseball fans. Welcome to Heels on the Field. Baseball talk with Jessica Caroli. That's me. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> um, yeah, slight delay. Episode was supposed to be tomorrow, uh, yesterday. And uh, so thank you uh, for tuning in uh, now. And I'm really... Uh, I've... I have a lot of things on my mind <laughs> about um, baseball, certainly. Um, but one thing in particular that uh, it would be unfair to say that men haven't been excited for this to happen too, but very, very important to women who love baseball, who cover baseball, who, uh, you know, are in uh, the industry, sports industry in general, really. Um, Kim Ang was finally hired uh, as the car going by, <laughs> um, as the GM of the Miami Marlins. Uh, Derek Jeter uh, was, uh, you know, responsible for uh, hiring her. From it's it's a first. Uh, and Kim Ang has long been qualified. This is way overdue. This is a, a moment that we are all so excited about and grateful and. It's huge, you know. It 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 doesn't just um, it doesn't just impact uh, you know t you know the game today. It it's you're thinking years in advance of how little girls are going to see this moment and how it will affect them, what it will mean to them. It signals to girls that this is possible and they shouldn't think anything else. The flip side is that, of course, the reason they think anything else is because it did take too long. And Kim Ang has uh, more than proven herself. Um... And so it, it's, it's extremely exciting and um, I wanted to be able to talk about the excitement and the, and the, uh, the frustration and, and the, 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 the hope and the, um, you know, that, that, that feeling of like, I don't want to feel relief, but I, I do, you know. <laughs> It, it shouldn't be like that. And hopefully in the future, um, we will see uh, big changes. And, you know, I, I, I hope for that. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's something that I knew that when, you know, that when I did an episode and came on and discussed um, this monumental moment, that I wanted somebody who you know, was very outspoken on social media, um, 
and uh, and you know has been very vocal about a lot of things uh, around baseball and women in baseball and um, and uh, has a you know a voice and and someone who someone who I knew uh, was very vocal and very you know had their say on social media um, uh, you know comfortable with that um, uh, when I decided that I would uh, you know that of course I would have an episode uh, talking about uh, Kim Ang's uh, hiring uh, I knew that I wanted to it needed to be somebody who was very vocal on social media uh, I wanted to discuss um, all of our thoughts and feelings and and uh, and I I knew this person would be great to have this conversation Sarah Sanchez who uh, is uh, a writer for Bleed Cubby Blue on SB Nation and the co-host of Cup of Cubbies Blue uh, she's just a huge part of the Cubs community and um, you know, exercises her <laughs> her voice uh, on Twitter about all sorts of things. Um, certainly uh, has had a lot to say about Kim Ang and and uh, and we talked about the excitement and we talked about that frustration and um, this is very nuanced, um, at times emotional, um, very lively conversation uh, and. Uh, Plus, I should say, <laughs> plus we will uh, be getting into, we get into um, social media a little bit further um, because this was meant to be uh, a social focused episode. Um, but once Kim was uh, hired, I, you know, I, I had to put that a little bit more on the back burner, but we get into a lot of that stuff about just being a woman on Twitter and how to connect with the baseball community and all of that. And it's a fantastic conversation. And uh, I, I'm so grateful that uh, we were able to talk finally. Okay, so here is my chat with my guest, Sarah Sanchez. Uh, we have to start, of course, with uh, Kim Ang. Yeah. Um, so I, I read your piece and... And uh, of course, the thing that stood out was actually the, the second that I opened the, the article up. You you say, I think it's in the headline. Uh, Let's be honest; it's long overdue, or maybe it's in the piece. But you made um, and you made a, a point later uh, in in the article that was really excellent too. That I'm going to share on Twitter uh, once um, this episode goes up. But I. Um, I, I know it's a mixed feeling thing, um, but, you know, so we're sort of balancing the feeling of excitement and enthusiasm and, and being proud, but it's also frustrating. Um, as you said, it's long overdue, and I hate the feeling of, it's almost like relief, and it, sh it shouldn't be that way. And I noticed this on my Twitter feed. I'm sure you did, too, mm -hmm. as the news broke. It was like, yes, everyone was thrilled. Like, uniformly, everyone who writes about baseball was thrilled. But for the dudes, it was almost like, this is something 
should celebrate because we're so great and everything. And for the woman, it was like, this could have happened 15 years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> having right. this conversation for over a decade. And, and there were a lot of reactions like that. And I'm just going to flag one that I think I mentioned in my piece, but that was so poignant for me. Ann Rogers, who writes the MLB, yes. reached out to a bunch of women who work in baseball. Mm-hmm. And one of those people, of course, was the longtime Yankees broadcaster, Susan Walden. Mm-hmm. She talked about getting the news, immediately texting a friend in the Marlins organization to make sure it's real because she doesn't believe it, mm-hmm. and then just crying. Yeah. And because she didn't think it was going to happen during her life. And I think that it's so important, you know, this conversation has been going on with Kim Aang for as long as I can remember, like as long as I've been covering sports, as long as I've been writing about sports. And so for a lot of us, it's just sort of seemed like, well, maybe, maybe it's just never going to happen. Maybe this is just this thing that they're not going to let us have. I don't know. (laughs) And I thought that Susan's reaction really captured that. I mean, there were other reactions to, you know, um, the Cubs hired Rachel Holden as their first woman hitting coach or mm-hmm. first co- woman coach, period, mm-hmm. in the system last season. And she just talked about literally just dancing around. <laughs> and I think it was this, like, relief yeah. and this joy and also this sense of how on earth did it take this long for this person who has been I think I read somewhere I was in the like MLB trade rumors, top ten people to be who we should be on the lookout as a GM eleven or twelve years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I are you still there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I I feel like I have heard this name be mentioned so many times when there's an opening and what always kills me is the idea that men will respond specifically and particularly men um, who say I don't care as long as she's qualified well of course she's qualified but when men are hired as they are over and over and over again you know do they ask, oh, is he qualified? You know, it's, it just kind of, it amazes me, you know, that we still talk about women getting these kinds of roles in baseball or anywhere as if they have something to prove, even if they have proven everything over and over again. And that was one of the things that stood out to me was a guy saying, you know, can't wait to see her, you know, sh- you know show them uh, what she's capable of. And I replied, she already has. Um, you know, so I, like you said, it's this, it's Susan Waldman, you know, crying. It's another writer, you know, dancing around. I mean, I, I let out a cheer, um, you know, I, but yeah, like you said, it's this, this question that we, we keep grappling with, which is why does it take this long? And then how much longer will it take before we, even get close to this kind of opportunity again? Well, I, I don't know the answer to the second part of that question. Yeah. Hopefully not as long as this one took. But I will say that it's, and, and I think this is in the title of my piece, if it's not, I meant it to be, that it's, in order to break those glass ceilings, it's not enough to be qualified like the guy that was asking you, oh, I, I hope she's qualified. I can't wait to see what she, she does. No, 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 no. It's not enough to be qualified. You've been so ridiculously overqualified yeah. and 
general manager in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, one of the things I was thinking about, and I got a little bit of flack um, from some of the commenters on UCB about this, not in a bad way, just in sort of like a, are you sure? I don't know if that's right or whatever type of way. She has spent the last 11 years working as a senior vice president for MLB. Yeah. I don't know another profession where you work for the central office and you get the title, get up to the ranks of senior vice president, mm-hmm. and then you go, then you're finally qualified to go back and be the general manager of an individual team. Like that seems backwards to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like senior vice president is somewhere three or four steps removed. It just, I yeah, it just feels. Yeah, it feels like there isn't even a question about whether she was overlooked. I mean, that's just so obvious, just based on what you just said. It's like that you can't argue that she's been overlooked. You know, there's no, I mean, I remember teams, I know there were certain teams who were, I don't know if it was sort of off the record, but that there were teams who would say they were afraid to, you know, to to be the one to take the risk. Like, I mean, I don't, uh, I might catch flack for this, but, you know, they just hired a guy who's been arrested twice for drunk driving to manage a team. Um, you know, I, I think Tony La is a great, uh, you know, he's a great baseball guy, but why is that overlooked? Do you know? I mean, how do you sort of square all of these? I'm just, you know, so it, it, it oh. goes. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say it's a great question, right? It's a great question <laughs> yeah. as to how, and, and it's just one of those things, it's what we talk about when we say that there are some places and some organizations that just mm-hmm. have some systemic discrimination going on, right? Like, yeah. Tony LaRusa has two DUIs on his record, mm-hmm. one of which, the second one of which was known about when the White Sox hired or hired him. And they knew it was coming out, and they were just like, we're just going to stand by Tony Larissa. And that is, admittedly, like a managerial position, not the GM, et cetera, et cetera, but sure. whatever. Like, the point is that he isn't going to face any sort of professional consequence for that. No. And, and I feel like the scrutiny is really, uh, I don't know. I think it'll pass, you know. I don't think that uh, that will be examined. Uh, too deeply beyond I mean I know right now we're talking about it but you know it just I think it's just uh, examples of of moments where we look at uh, the culture of of Major League Baseball and as women you know as much as we love this business as much as we love the sport you know we're aware uh, of the inequity we're we're aware of the inequality we're aware of the discriminatory behavior over and over and over again and how much gets overlooked you know um so yeah i mean it's a great victory right but it's yeah it's that it's it's that tempered sort of elation (laughs) you know um for sure uh okay let's um let me just focus a, a little bit uh on I wanted to kind of make this an, an episode a bit about um, social and social media and and, um, and baseball and how all of that sort of intertwines for us um, 
you and I are both uh, vocal um, politically on on Twitter. Um, for, for better or for worse. Yes, right. <laughs> For many years, I absolutely avoided that 100%. I said nothing. And um, my big regret is that uh, during the whole Hillary Clinton running, I, and I don't want to get emotional, um, I, she was, she's one of my heroes and I was so afraid always, always, always. And if you don't agree with that, like I, it's so funny to me, like I don't expect every woman to consider her a hero. <laughs> like I just, that's how I feel. And I just went through so much time being afraid because as a baseball writer, as a person in sports media, I didn't know how that would impact me. Um, and it was scary you know, uh, for many reasons. Um, what is your, what sort of allows you to be comfortable both in sports media, um, in the way that you are, um, and, you know, both podcasting and writing, and um, obviously you're in the Cubs community um, in a big part of it. So what allows you to feel comfort um, in sharing those political opinions with your baseball followers who might not agree with you it's so funny that you bring that up because I actually wasn't always and 2016 is kind of what changed everything for me too okay um I was very much um I actually for a while maintained two different twitter accounts like a political one and a baseball one because I didn't want to I was like if I cross the stream Uh, (laughs) something terrible right Mm-hmm. And that's a position that 
I see my dad in. I see my brother in. Yeah. And I can't excise that part of my understanding of the shame mm. anymore. Then I can take a, excise the part of me that's a woman, right? Like those are just things that I've observed over time and over the years. And so I was really fortunate in 2018 before short release at Baseball Perspective um, went away. For a short time, I got to contribute there. And that really got me in touch more with thinking through, I don't want to say emotional, it's not just emotional, thinking through the personal aspects of the game. Like I would try to make a personal connection with what I was writing with there. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to undo that yeah. <laughs> once I started doing it. Yeah. And I found, to my delight, that most of the time people, that really resonated with people. They liked those those pieces spoke to them more than when I was just writing about FIP or XFIP or WRC Plus or whatever stat I was breaking down. And so the people that didn't resonate with, they said mean things to me, sometimes publicly, sometimes in my DMs, and then they left. And, you know, I've had those days where I've had really terrible things said to me on Twitter, and I've had to mute and or black people, and then Mm -hmm. I try to, I walk away. Right, right. Yeah, I... You made so many great points there. Um, I, uh, yeah, you're mixing the personal and the political and, and all of it, it, it's sort of how do you, and, and you make such a great point about, um, uh, I want to say racial, racial identity or, or just anything, as you said, black and brown players being treated differently. How do you, you know, uh, disconnect from that when you know you your own personal experience with it I mean how do you just not put all of yourself into um how you see the game and what you see and and your what you're experiencing so that's such a great uh, a great uh, point um so yeah and I know that you know there's been a lot of talk about how um and even on Twitter, which I think is so great, and social media, you're just seeing players be more vocal about how they're treated. And um, I love that. I love seeing, you know, um, players feel like, no, I, I have to advocate for myself, you know, um, whether it's salary, whether it's um, being harassed by fans, you know, they are advocating for themselves in a, in a way that they really couldn't before um with the power of, of twitter so um yeah you got me thinking about that um so uh, you know as a cubs fan and a writer and a podcast host um what do you consider the best way to connect with an audience and with readers
my day job, one of what I work on is um, high school debate. So I ran high school debate programs for eight years. I competed for I don't even want to I don't even want to count how long prior to that. And the one thing that all forms of competitive speech and debate have in common, and I think that this shows in my writing even though I, I don't know that I've ever consciously thought about it until you asked the question, so I'm really glad you asked it, is that you have to be able to persuade your judge to vote for you. And that means different things for different judges, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So if I'm talking to a judge who really cares about geopolitics, I might emphasize, like, the, like international geopolitics, realism, real politics type of stuff. And if I have a judge who really cares about the economy, then I might that frame and really talk about gotcha. um, economic implications. And if I have a judge who doesn't <coughs> care about what I care about, then I really need to shift my time to persuade them to care about what I care about. Right, right. And I think about that when I write. When I'm writing a piece, I usually try to create something that answers the questions I envision readers having so that I'm taking into consideration the audience that I write for, and I happen to be like, like you said, I, I write for the Cubs community, I write for Blue Cubby Blue, and I've been, I was part of that community for about seven years as just a person who read the website and commented on it all the time, mm-hmm. before I started writing for them, and that helps a ton, because I know that community really well, I know what resonates with them, I know what types of stories they look for, and what we talk about in game threads, and I'm able to pull threads of that into bigger pieces. And I was just really overjoyed to find that the broader baseball community liked those stories, too, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I started sharing them outside of Blue Cubby Blue. So that was just a cool thing to find. Yeah. Um, well, are there any women in the Cubs community who you could maybe promote here uh, that are on Twitter or any anyone that, you, that comes to mind? who is incredible. And I, I just want to tell a tiny little story here because when Andy and I met, it was social media night at Wrigley Field, oh. I want to say 2017 or 2018, and we had no idea that we were going to create a podcast together. Right. It was literally just like, we're Cubs fans, we're hanging out here, uh, we're doing this event, it'll be fun. She was actually half of a podcast team for a crew down in St. Louis that did a podcast down there. And I was just writing for Blue Cubby Blue, and I had been pestering Al that if we were ever given a podcast, (laughs) or if Nation ever wanted us to do a podcast, that I wanted to do that, that I thought that would be a cool thing to experiment with. But so we had no idea that that was in the offing at all. And it was actually an accident (laughs) that her and I wound up having this podcast together because we, I was originally going to, do it with another um, SB Nation contributor, a guy who's awesome, who's a great friend of both of ours, who basically ran out of time. It was right before the 2019 season, and he was overcommitted. Uh-huh. And so I had already signed this contract that I was going to do this podcast. I knew nothing about audio editing. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about sound stuff, nothing. Same, and I was same. Just kind of, <laughs> I was just kind of like banking on Danny to know all that stuff. Yeah. When I got a text message from Danny that, podcast I was like okay now I am committed to do a podcast I don't know who I'm going to do it with and I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work and I just happened to have tickets to opening day with Andy and I was like well I'm going to pitch Andy on this podcast idea and see 
if she's interested, because the two of us love talking baseball, we have a blast together. Right. And she said yes immediately. It was like the best thing to ever happen because we wound up stumbling into this very weird space <laughs> where we're a, a woman who happened to be an all Latina Cubs podcast. And I don't know that that exists anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and it was so cool. It's such a cool journey with her. I think we cover things a little bit differently. I think we have a different tone how we talk about stuff. I think that. That, you know, she's a mother of three. She talks about what the different things that are going on in society mean to her daughters, what pandemic baseball is like when she's showing it to her kids. She shared on the podcast just some incredible things, like calling her kids in to see Alyssa Nockin on the field for the first time and what that meant to her to be able to show her daughters a woman coaching in a major baseball game. And I just, I don't know that you can get that content anywhere else. You know what I mean? I yeah. prefer Cubs fans, at least. Like, a, there's a bunch of Cubs podcasts, and they're all sure. great, and I love the guys who run them, and they're just not having that conversation. Right. That's right. I Well, I just, I think that's so awesome, and I'm... Um, so excited uh, that there's more women getting into this, and uh, and I just, um, you know, I, I'm thrilled that uh, you the two of you found each other that's such a great um, and it's such a great balance like you said the mix of the things you're talking about you're not going to hear really anywhere else so that's that that unique as you said conversation that women can have women baseball fans women in baseball Um, so I I appreciate that and uh, and I hope everybody listens and and uh, and reads your work and I thank you so much for joining me, Sarah. It's been it's been a great um, chat, and I would love to have you on again. Oh, I'd love to be on any time. I'm so glad we were finally be able to connect. I read your tweets all the time, oh. and I love your work. So oh. thank you so much. Thank for you, Sarah. Me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, and and I'm very grateful. And uh, we will definitely talk again soon. Awesome. Okay. This all right. So all right. Talk to you soon. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed my, that was such a hearty chat with Sarah Sanchez. It was fantastic, and and, um, I'm just running through my mind some of the things she said, and and, uh, I'm just so grateful that, uh, as I said to her, that we finally uh, got to speak. Sometimes scheduling is just is just rough, you know. I'm not a, I'm not like the big timer who has <laughs> someone scheduling all this stuff. So it's great when it all works out, and I'm super excited um, about upcoming guests. Um, and I hope you will uh, listen to uh, this episode. Um, uh, Sarah, as, as I said at the start, is the writer for Bleed. Cubby Blue for SB Nation. Uh, uh, so uh, make sure to uh, read her work there. And the co-host of uh, Cup of Cubby Blue, uh, with whom she mentioned, <laughs> uh, someone she uh, did not know she would be doing this wonderful thing with, um, Andy. Hello, Andy. <laughs> we follow each other, so I, I guess she knows we're, we were going to be talking. Um, I uh, I don't have any announcement at the moment for a guest, 
but I have some people in the works and I'm excited and I really hope in the next <laughs> next couple of weeks uh, after Thanksgiving I will have something for you um, and I'm you know I'm jazzed just thinking about it um, a quick note if you would like uh, to subscribe to uh, the heels on the field uh, patreon account I write stuff there that is exclusive and I have little podcast uh, things that I'm putting up um, that are exclusive to subscribers as well and finally we are doing um, I've got merchandise coming I just mailed out the first uh, heels on the field stickers with the old tagline uh, from when I began in 2008 an elevated view of baseball uh, I will be sharing more of those designs um, uh, coming up um, and uh, what we're offering uh, uh, in, in the near future um, around Christmas time uh, and then looking ahead um, but I would love to give a few away and and I'll have a store set up soon so you can buy a few <laughs> maybe one um, I thank you so much for all your support and I thank Sarah Sanchez uh, for joining me. Thank you baseball fans. Talk to you soon. <laughs>